Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. This is Francis Tapon. I want to drill in on the question that everybody asks me. How are you able to travel as much as you do? For those of you who don't know, I've been traveling for the last 12 years, since 2006, nonstop. For example, the last five years I spent in 54 African countries, spending about five weeks in each country. That's a five-year journey. Before that, I spent three and a half years in Eastern Europe, spending never leaving Eastern Europe for all that time, visiting about 25 different countries. I've walked across America three times. I've sorry, four times. I've walked across Spain twice, and I've walked across Madagascar once. So I'm not just pulling this stuff out of my ass. I actually know a little bit about what I'm talking about when it comes to traveling long term. So I can share those secrets with you. So listen in. Okay. Step number one. A lot of people just assume when they think about the equation of how long you can travel, they assume how long you can travel equals how much money you have. Eh, that's wrong. That's not how it works. What it works is how long you can travel equals how much money you have, your savings, minus your travel costs. In other words, your daily spend. That's the reality. So let's drill into that. Let's first look at the first component, savings. Savings is made up of what? It's made up of income minus expenses. So talk about the first thing, income. A lot of people don't realize this, but if you live in a high income country like Japan, New Zealand, Australia, the United States, pretty much anywhere in Europe, it is incredibly easy to make a lot of money. What's a lot of money? $30,000 is a lot of money. And that may not sound like a lot of money. Oh, I live in New York City. That's nothing. Well, hold on. There are people, artists, dancers, uh, ballerinas, uh, people who make podcasts who make $30,000 a year and still manage to live in expensive cities like San Francisco, London, or New York. And you can do it too. So let's just assume for a second, you're actually earning $30,000 a year, which is not much. Now, obviously you're going to have to cut down your expenses. You're going to have to live with roommates. You're going to never eat out and you're going to do that in order just to survive. Now, I know people who make that much money and still manage to squeal away about $1,000 or $2,000 a month. Let's just say $2,000, not a month, $2,000 for the whole year. So they spend $28,000 and they made $30,000. Let's forget about taxes for the moment. And they come away with $2,000 in savings. Great. Now, imagine if you just made $50,000 a year. Boom, you get a, you, you get a raise to $50,000. Now, what do most people do? They immediately increase their expenses to what? To match their new income, right? They buy the new car. They get the nicer apartment. They move out of their roommates. They go on more vacations. They eat out much more often. In other words, they spend more, more money. They start subscribing to Netflix and Hulu and to do all sorts of other stuff. And as a result, they end up at the end of the year with still only $2,000 of savings. Well, that's the trick. You have to learn to live below your means. Learn to live like a student. And then you'll be able to gather a lot of money. I, that's what I did. I, lived, uh, I was working at Microsoft uh, for Hitachi. I was making six-figure income. But guess what? When I was working at Microsoft up in Redmond, Washington, I had a bicycle. That's it. I just had a bicycle. Sometimes I would actually walk to work. I rented a room for $600 a month in a house and I would then take my bicycle to Microsoft where I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't spending a lot of money. And that built up what I call fuck you money. That's right. Fuck you money is money that you can say at any point in your life, fuck you, I'm leaving. So for example, 
you have a bad relationship. A lot of people can't leave a bad marriage, bad relationship because all of a sudden they're sharing everything. They're sharing the, the apartment. They don't have fuck you money. So they can say, fuck you. I'm leaving. Nor same thing. A lot of people stay in jobs. They don't like, they're not satisfied with because they haven't built up the fuck you money to say, fuck this job. I'm leaving. Or they're in a city. They can't feel like they can leave out of the city. Like, Oh, I really don't like Austin or I really don't like, uh, Alaska, whatever it is, and all of a sudden, but they can't leave because they feel like they're trapped there because guess what? They don't have what? Fuck you money. So that's why you need to accumulate this so that you can say fuck you to any situation and leave and get out, including traveling for months or even years. So that's the key thing that you have to think about to learn to live below your means so that you accumulate, first of all, obviously pay off your debts, but then you start accumulating this pot of fuck you money. Okay. That's one big issue. So the income equation is solved by guess what? Living in a high income country. For those of you listening to me and they're listening to me in a, uh, in a low income country, like most African countries, this is tough. And by the way, this is also a tip for those of you who live in high income countries who decide, you know what? I'm going to go work and live in Africa for a year for saving up money. You're never going to be able to save up money because they're probably going to pay you a very little amount of money unless they give you the nice, sweet expat package and they send you off to Dubai or to send you off to Nairobi and they give you a big salary and then you get to get the best of both worlds. That's possible, but don't count on that. So the income thing is solved by just working and living in a high income country. The expense problem is, well, let's solve. You have to lower your expenses. So boom, now all of a sudden you've paid off your debts. You've got your savings in, in mind. You've got your pot of fuck you money. Now comes the next part of the equation, the travel side. You have to learn to travel below your means. So a lot of people think, you know, oh, wow, I really like to travel. And for them, travel is staying at nice hotels, staying, uh, eating out every single night and uh, going on all the tours, going to every single museum and, and doing that kind of life, maybe renting a car and having a nice thing. So backtrack, this is where, again, you can apply the same logic and learn to travel below your means. So instead of eating out, buy local food, this has some advantages, not just the cost advantage, but also you're going to be able to go to the local markets, mingle with the locals, go to the farmer's market, buy fresh produce and cook at your hostel. This can help you because you can learn to live like a local, eat like a local, and it's going to be a much more enriching experience. You get to learn about the food to learn about the ingredients. You're going to learn about local recipes. This is going to really dive into for all you foodies. This is going to be wonderful experience for you. For those of you who want, who are used to staying in really fancy hotels. Again, think about doing couch surfing. Think about doing Airbnb. As a result, you get another advantage. You get to learn how the locals live. You're going to live in a local neighborhood. You're going to hang out with the locals. This is going to be, a, again, a more rich travel experience. So not only are you spending less money, but you're actually getting a more profound, meaningful travel experience at the same time, instead of just staying at the Four Seasons or the Hyatt or the Hilton, which are all, by the way, all the same all around the world. Nothing against staying at those hotels. I love staying at those hotels. But again, if you're, if the, I'm trying to answer the question, how can you travel for a long, long time? By the way, another idea is that you actually rent a place for a long a period of time. One thing I've sometimes done is I couch surf with somebody and sometimes the couch surfer says, wow, you're such a great roommate to have. You're such a great partner to have. 
you can stay here as long as you want. I say, great, I'm gonna actually contribute to pay your internet bill or pay your other bills or your electricity bill or pay your water bill or just split the rent with you. And then they're gonna be like, awesome, this is a great roommate to have. And so you're gonna have the best of both worlds. You're gonna have lower expenses and at the same time, you're going to have a rich travel experience. So this is one way to save money. So you've got your housing costs covered, your transportation you cover it by taking public transportation, not moving as much, don't ride first class, unless it's like an overnight train or something like that, um, because that's you're not paying for hotels, so that's kind of nice to splurge there. That's my philosophy at least. But in general, it's so much nicer because then you can travel for a long, long time period. So that's pretty much the secrets there. I spilt the beans. Lower your expenses while you're living in the real world. Make sure you live in a high income country. And most of all, by the way, don't be afraid to quit your job. A lot of people are afraid of it. And people in America, that's really silly because in America, there's really an abundance of job. Unless you have a very specialized career, for example, if you are a sociology professor, uh, then you may not find jobs very easily. But if you're a janitor, if you're a nurse, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, I mean, these are professions that are in high demand and probably will be until the robots take over. So this is a notion that people have that they're afraid to take that risk. And it's just a make-believe. And another thing is you can just be upfront with your employer. You can go up to your employer and say, hey, I wanna take a few months off, a sabbatical. And a lot of employers nowadays are quite open to that idea. So try it. You'll be surprised by how receptive they are. Because by the way, your boss probably wants to take a sabbatical, him or herself. So give it a shot. And you might be surprised by the reaction and you'll be able to travel for a long, long period of time. And then, by the way, in the worst case, you've got that fucking money built up. You can go for it yourself, quit the job, and believe it or not, when you come back, you'll be able to find it. And by the way, maybe you won't come back. Maybe you're gonna find a cool job wherever you went traveling. <laughs> That's possible too. So keep your eyes open as you travel overseas. It's always an opportunity. I hope this podcast has been helpful for you, and I hope that you were able to share it. Please go check out my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash ftapon, or go to wanderlearn.com and you can subscribe to my podcast or subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's a million ways to get a hold of me. So again, share this with all your friends. And this is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.